Welcome one and all to the fifth episode of the Hard As Nails podcast, which is brought to you by Outsider.ie, Islands Adventure Magazine. My name is Kevin and you are about to hear from a professional big wave surfer, top level athlete and adventurer who bases himself in Portugal and West Island for much of the big wave season. For those of you who are not entirely familiar with this discipline within surfing, basically experienced surfers paddle into or are often towed behind a jet ski onto waves which are at least 20 feet high. Sometimes they can even go as high as three to four stories tall. This sport is rather risky and it's evident as our guest recently suffered a horrific accident and is one of the most brutal wipeouts ever seen and recorded. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we speak with yours truly, Andrew Cotton. Andrew, it's uh, an honor to have you join us on the Hard as Nails podcast. Thank you for taking the time. No, thank you for, for having me. It's a pleasure, Andrew. Well, many have said, and they will agree, that uh, you are responsible for putting surfing on the map in Britain. Where did your interest <laughs> and passion for the sport come from? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but uh, well, you know, it's funny, actually. Like, um, you know, I, I grew up quite close to the beach at, mm-hmm. at home, and there's actually quite a, a, a big surfing scene at home mm-hmm. you know we, we've had a local surf club uh Croyd surf club which has been going since 79 wow. um like there's a, loads and loads of surf shops in the village um you know so, so it's sort of it wasn't that much of a surprise for me that i wanted to go surfing and my dad took me surfing when i was young it was only like you know 20 minute drive down to the beach mm-hmm. so so sort of been seven since about seven. Wow, from such a young age. So definitely this isn't something you just decided to do a few years ago. Now, what is it about big wave surfing, Andrew, in, in particular that attracted you as opposed to other surfing competitions out there that might exist which uh, highlight technical ability and, and so on? It wasn't really a choice. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you, you know, I didn't really make a choice. It was just like a development. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, like you said, you know, Surfing for me as a like a kid was um, about you know trying to do well in competitions and mm-hmm. you know um, and all those sort of things you know but I never really was um, I suppose any good at that like the competition sort of side of things mm-hmm. um, and I, I just naturally like gravitated towards bigger waves and, and I enjoyed it and you know, the more I enjoyed it the more I wanted to do it and mm. um, you know really sort of led by passion really yeah. so it, it sort of wasn't a choice it was more of just like a, a natural transition. Yeah. Well, I found it quite interesting that uh, you were once, in fact, a, a plumber and a lifeguard. That was your job. And you've now become a professional surfer. What made you decide to pursue surfing as a career? And, and, and was it an easy choice to make? Like any kid, like when I left school, you know, the dream was obviously to become a professional surfer. And, you know, like, like every kid, you know, that I knew that wanted to be like a professional athlete or something like that. Mm. You know, that, that's obviously the dream for most children. And, and, um, uh, I actually ended up working in the surf industry for well for a good ten years because um, it was it was it was almost like enabling me to be you know unfortunately I wasn't good enough to get or to be a professional surfer but mm-hmm. working in the surf industry was perfect because um, sort of in, it was like that lifestyle I travelled a lot mm-hmm. um, I got to work within surfing which obviously I loved and um, talk about surfing all day <laughs> so it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that until I was about 25, and then, uh, uh, like a lot of jobs with within your passion, obviously not very 
as well paid and and i decided to go for sort of salary sort of thing so that's when i retrained as a plumber Mm -hmm. um and i did that for five years and and then i think i just i didn't think when i quit plumbing i didn't decide that okay right i'm going to become a professional surfer i just Mm -hmm. just decided that i wasn't gonna work in something that i didn't like yeah I, i just didn't like plumbing and and it was like it was nothing like you know, those guys that I work with that absolutely love plumbing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're passionate and, they, you know, they could... But I was like, I, I can't see myself doing this for yeah. the rest of my life. So I just, yeah, decided that, you know, regardless of how much money I was earning, and I was earning really good money at that point, but um, I would quit and I, became, I think I retrained as a lifeguard, which was obviously terrible money. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I had like... And just sort of just work did stuff that I enjoyed. Mm. Um, and then the rest is sort of like history, I suppose. Yeah. Was there a particular point though, Andrew, or a day in particular in which you said, that's it, I'm putting the tools down, I'm not doing plumbing anymore, and I'm going to go for this dream of becoming a professional big wave surfer. Was there that particular moment? I don't know. I, I think, I don't know if there was a, it was a particular like, moment, uh-huh. but it was like, I suppose time building up and I'm just like, you know, getting up early, especially like in England, uh, over the winter months, mm. it's tough because obviously it's not light till you know go on eight and it's dark at you know five. Mm. Um, so I was wasn't I was barely seeing my surfing time was going down to weekends, you know, and, yeah. and then often you know the waves are rubbish at the weekend or you know I don't know. So I was surfing very little and I was just like okay right you know I, I can't I want I don't want to I don't want to do this forever. And it wasn't like I said it wasn't like okay yeah I'm going to be a professional surfer because I don't think you can just choose yeah. that. I think. It was okay. Right, I want to do some the things that I enjoy. You know, like so. If I'm a lifeguard, I can train. I can surf. I can spend all day on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like sort of working towards a goal, which is you know the goal was obviously to ride big waves. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you are also a husband and a father. How do they feel about you doing this dangerous sport, particularly your wife, Katie? I don't feel it's that dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, obviously, I was just breaking my back, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, for them, it's just wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's about um, happiness, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, Katie knows that I'd be pretty miserable if I was plumbing, you know, five days a week, six days a week. So, mm. um, yeah, they're, they're completely cool. The kids they wouldn't know any different. You know, mm. that's just what, it's just what Dad does. So, yeah. And it's, you know, we've had so many more opportunities, you know, like we get to, to go away as a family a bit more and mm. see cool places and, and hang out in Portugal and places like that, you know. And yeah. so, so I think it's, you know, been nothing but positives, really. Yeah. Well, speaking about hanging out in Portugal, in Nazaré in particular, uh, where else in the world have you been, Andrew? And, and which surfing spots stand out the most for you? You know, I think most surfers, you know, tend to travel to surf quite, you know, as soon as they can, really. Yeah. And I, I've definitely travelled a lot since I was uh, 15. Mm-hmm. But I think when I was younger, I think it was all about, you know, the long haul flights and going as far away as possible to find good waves. And mm. and it wasn't until like my mid 20s, 30s that um, I suppose you realize closer to home has so many good waves, you know, yeah. so like, um, you know, Ireland, I spent a lot of time hanging out in Ireland and love it. It's, you know, way, amazing waves, amazing um, people and places to see and views and so um, definitely Ireland would be you know up there mm. as one of the as one of the um, 
one of my favorite places. Yeah, it's so nice that it's uh, so close to home as well. You don't have to go all the yeah. way to Australia or America yeah, or anything like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. It's so cheap, and I think mm. I think that's what it was. It was like money restraints that, mm. that made me sort of look closer to home, you know, and because it was because you know I think like it's, like it, I, I always thought as a kid when I was growing up like oh uh, you know like I've got. To, to surf a big wave, we've got to go to Hawaii or mm. got to go to Australia, you know, like, and it's so expensive to get to those places. Yeah. And, and you, you don't realize, like, what is on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. And like you say, you know, Ireland's so close and the waves are amazing. They get massive. And yeah, okay, it's, it's cold, but um, like, luckily, wetsuit wet technology has come on. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fortunate. Now, Andrew, there, there's perhaps this misconception out there that surfers are laid back type of guys they don't do much else but surf most of the day but having seen some of your videos and 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 your career there there appears to be actually quite a bit of training that's involved with it what sort of schedule or routine do you follow to be able to make sure that you are at your peak when you take on these massive waves i think training is it's become quite yeah especially as i get older it's become more important Mm -hmm. um you know i've been really lucky one of my friends or good friends i grew up with is is a personal trainer, and um, so I've been working with him quite closely for the last like ten years. Mm-hmm. It, it depends, obviously, when I'm on the on the road, or you know, my my sort of routine can vary, okay. you know, greatly. Um, mm-hmm. But I like to get in the pool, the swimming pool, you know, a couple of times a week, mm-hmm. and just work on sort of cardio and, and stuff like that. At the pool, do about two uh, k a session, mm-hmm. so like nothing massive, yeah. but you know, it's like a good good sessions, and then. We work on strength and conditioning, sort of like uh, more functional stuff for for surfing. Mm-hmm. And then I do, I do actually do. I start doing more, more, and more yoga okay. and stretching. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound like you know, like <laughs> probably a bit weird, but yeah. I do a lot of breathing and and um, like lamb breathing okay. and um, like more like mind stuff as well. Because yeah. I've, I've, I've found that um, it's not always you know how strong you are, but no, also definitely. like you know in the mind mm. and um it's amazing how much that can make a difference you know, mm, yeah. i think you know no, definitely. I mean, you're tackling these these massive waves, and it's not just about the the, the strength that's required to to get up on the board and make sure you stay on it, but it's also yeah. you know the, the the as you mentioned the mental side of it. Uh, we'll speak a little bit more about the mental side of a big wave surfing in a minute or so. But Andrew. Where's the biggest wave you've ever surfed? I'm pretty sure I know the answer to, to that one. But I'm more curious to know, and I'm sure some of our listeners are as well, how does one go about measuring the height of a wave if it's not being filmed while you are actually surfing it? That's the classic, you know, the, the classic question, isn't it? And, um, mm. and for me, like any surfer will tell you, like, um, you know, I can get on the beach and I can say, okay, it's, it's two foot today. Mm-hmm. And... My mate will say it's, you know, one's two feet, and his mate will say it's like, you know, three to four feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like how long's a piece of string? You yeah. know, it's, just like, it's, really, it's it's such a hard thing. And, and do you know what? Like I've I've given up measuring waves. Okay. Like um, for me, it's just big, giant, massive, absolutely massive. You know, <laughs> that's how it, that's how I started doing it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's so hard, and mm. uh, and I think everyone, I think you can get approximate mm-hmm. um, measurements, but to pin it down to like exact feet and things like that, you know, I think it's really it's really hard because I think especially from photos and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. it can change the the aspect of a wave, you know, from like up to like 
you know, probably 30% yeah. bigger or smaller, you know, mm-hmm. like depending on where the photo is taken. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is, it is a, it is a tough thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's surprising, actually, there hasn't been the technology to measure yeah. waves properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes you could probably get quite scientific on it and probably work it out, but mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, you know, if, if people do or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, especially like, especially the waves at Nazare now, like, you know, that they're so big mm. and that they travel so fast and, you know, like, I, I, I don't know how you measure those waves. <laughs> and, and is there any size wave, uh, Andrew, that uh, you will not want to surf? Uh, I haven't found that, you know, yet, mm-hmm. yet. But, you know, like, I think it's conditions for me. It's always like okay. um, if it's really clean and perfect and, you know, like uh, that's what gets me really excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not as into like the bumpy, horrible, you know, dangerous sort yeah. of stuff, you know. But um, I haven't really had that, you know. Haven't hit that ceiling yet, mm. which is kind of exciting and also kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, but no, it's good, you know, it's positive. And I and I think maybe even more so, like I, like probably like five or six years ago, I would have said, okay, yeah, I don't really want to surf a wave that big, you know, yeah. or you know. Um, I, I can remember when I towed Garrett into his world record wave um, in 2011, mm. like thinking, you know, I don't want a surf wave that big. <laughs> you know, and I actually thought that at the time. And, mm. um, and I managed to break through that barrier and that ceiling. And now, you know, sort of, you, you know, I want those waves and, you know, I want bigger waves, and, which, is, yeah. which is really exciting. Yeah, really definitely. exciting. Yeah. And, and can you describe for us the, that feeling of when you're busy cruising down the wave of, of such a magnitude? What goes through your mind? It's not all, you know, the adrenaline. Uh, like those things, those waves happen obviously super fast and that. Mm. But if, they're, if it's some of the best waves that, that I've ever surfed have almost been, um, yes, almost like, like slow motion, I suppose. Mm. Um, so I suppose that's kind of almost like a form of meditation. Which you you know you wouldn't expect. <laughs> you know, I suppose you don't you don't think about anything else. You're so involved and you know in the moment. I suppose mm. maybe the best way to describe it. But um, you know, time slows down. Yeah. And mm. and you know and, you, and you, you're seeing every water droplet, every bump. Um, so you know what, what a ride that could maybe last a few seconds mm. is uh, is lasting. You know. Minutes, hours, I don't know, like a long time. The descriptions are quite uh, picturesque, if you want to put it that way. But uh, (laughs) there's another picture, I'm sure, Andrew, you you don't really want to relive too much. And that's obviously the the accident which occurred at uh, Nazare towards the beginning of November in 2017. It's obviously well documented what happened as uh, you took uh, the heaviest, possibly the heaviest wipeout of your career, which resulted in you uh, breaking your back. Now, for our listeners that might not be completely aware of what happened exactly could you relive that moment for them yeah well it's just i've been surfing for about an hour i've probably caught a few waves mm-hmm. it was possibly like the best i'd seen um nazare for, for probably a year or so mm-hmm. um and it was just going to get bigger and bigger so obviously i was excited um and garrett told me into this, this really wedgy left is like a little bit on the inside mm-hmm. so they usually like stand up a bit taller and they're a bit more hollow mm-hmm. and um yeah as, as i sort of cruised into it I, I the way it was bowling i thought it was going to be like a really really like round one so mm-hmm. like really heavy really round 
but quite short. So I decided to fade really deep, and I was going to plan to come up into, into sort of the barrel, you know, yeah. into like ride in in the centre of the wave, you know. And, and um, yeah, and as I faded, I came around and I committed to that that really deep line, and yeah. and um, yeah, the wave just changed. It sort of hit a bit of backwash and a bit of lump, and it it completely changed shape and mm. and sort of left me <laughs> at the bottom of the wave. I've nowhere really to go. I couldn't go. I didn't. I couldn't go up, and I couldn't really go go down. You know, mm. so um, it was probably like the worst sort of position I could have been in, especially like the way the wave was going to break. It yeah. wasn't going to barrel as far as I thought it was going to do. So it was sort of like pitched halfway, which which is pretty much exactly where I was, and um, yeah, like sort of landed on me. Mm. And um, and as it landed on me, it like sort of pushed me, catapulted me out in front of the wave. Mm. Um, and then it was the impact of me landing um, the second time, which, which broke my back. Hmm. Wow. And what were some of the thoughts racing through your mind, Andrew, from, from the moment you were pulled out of the water until you reached the hospital? I was just sort of kind of mainly thinking about the waves. Okay. I was thinking, oh, no, like, I hope my back's not too bad. Maybe yeah. I can surf tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe, um, you know, because I, I, knew, I knew it was going to be a good day and I knew the yeah. next day was going to be good. And, and um so I was kind of like gutted, you know, like I was kind of like, oh no, you know, like, but I wasn't really, I knew my back was, you know, as time I was in the hospital, I was like, okay, right, well, you know, obviously this isn't going to be good, <laughs> you know, but it, I was more thinking about the waves, the waves that I was going to miss and, wow. you know, and because that's, you know, you wait so long to surf these waves and then to get injured so early on in the session, for me, it was like, that was the... A tough one, really. Wow. I wouldn't have expected that answer. I would have thought you would have said something like, oh, my career could be over or anything like that. You were just hoping to get out the very next day. Yeah, I think the mindset is kind of, you know, it'd be easy to think those things and easy to think that, like mm-hmm. negativity. Oh, you know, six months is the worst thing that's ever happened, you know. But I think, you know, flip it around and sort of mm-hmm. say, okay, yeah, this is quite a positive thing, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. The, the, being that how you think I think can really affect your injury as well yeah so I've always been pretty pretty positive about my injury and and um I've always focused on what I could do yeah. you know rather than than what I, what I couldn't yeah um and you know you know I got, like the the biggest question I I got asked you know early on that was like okay you know like a lot of people assuming that I would just give up or mm. you know I wouldn't go back and I'd be like, well, hang on, no, no, it's just a minor setback, you know, mm-hmm. like, of course I'm going to go back, you know, of course I want to want to go and surf Nazareth again, of course, like, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't the end of you know, my career or yeah. anything like that, you know, it's just, um, it's just a, yeah. A minor, minor setback. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you, you are an incredibly positive person. I mean, because even from the hospital bed, just hours after the incident, you you were posting on Instagram and you said, uh, "The uh, what can I say? I got a little excited this morning." I mean, just saying that. What does it take uh, to 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 keep a positive frame of mind following such a horrific accident like this? First of all, like you know, like I, I think not every day you know be like it's easy to sort of post the good times on you know the positive things on mm-hmm. Instagram or social media, but you know. Of course, you get you know the ups and downs, and mm. there has been days that it's been like, oh god, this is absolutely <laughs> probably easy when I'm like over the winter when you're looking at the swell and the swell's massive and perfect, and you're just wishing you're out there, you know, like um, so you know it's not always been positive, you know, mm-hmm. has, there has been days that's been pretty, pretty you know tougher than others. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think um, two, I learned two things: Garrett's wife Nicole actually um, 
called me and just said that, uh, you know, you, it's really important that you refer to your back as healing rather than broken. Okay. Um, so from the second, you know, the injury, I was always referring to my back as my healing back rather than my, my broken back. You know? And, and um, so that was sort of, I was constantly saying that over and over again. And, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, sorry to hear about your broken back. And I was like, oh, no, it's, you know, my healing back's, you know, getting better. And, mm. you know, so I was trying to constantly sort of say that. And, and, it, and again, like, although I couldn't surf and I couldn't run or I couldn't, you know, I could barely walk the first week or so, but... Um, there's, there was loads of things I could do, and, and although they were they were tedious, mm-hmm. like the, the sort of rehab is the you know that tedious sort of the the guy I was working with was, um, was calling it like the, the broccoli of training, you know, mm-hmm. like um, it's it, it's it's boring and and you don't really want to do it, but it's good for you, you know. So mm-hmm. there's loads of tension exercises and really stuff that I could do from my bed, you know, I could get in the hydrotherapy pool which I was for every day mm. um, you know I was really sort of managing to structure my day around sort of doing my my, my rehab and, and um, trying to look at that as mm. you know well like, look at all the stuff I can do <laughs> you know because <laughs> so, so yeah and, and I think that's, that's pretty good and I went and watched the guys surf a couple of times mm. down in Nazare um, which was again like another good perspective and it was interesting and, and you know, because obviously, obviously usually I'm uh, in the water, you know, mm-hmm. rather than watching and you know, it was good to sort of watch them and, um, I don't know, spend time with the family and yeah. so, you know, it was, it, it, you know, like I said, it, like, I, it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know, like, I, like I, I managed to just to disconnect from surfing mm-hmm. in the end, um, you know, just, just for, for my, my mind's sake, you know, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Well, it's quite remarkable that what you've been through in these past six months, that you still have this positive frame of mind. But Andrew, does it annoy or perhaps frustrate you at all that it took an accident like this for many people to start taking notice of you as a professional surfer, more than perhaps the type of people who are reading you about you and your career prior to this? <laughs> yeah, well, do you know, it's funny. It's like car crash TV, isn't it? Like Everyone yeah. loves a good wipeout, you know? Uh-huh. I don't know what that says about us as a... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, it's like, you know, the things that, that like, get the views on, um, you know, on YouTube or, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it's the things that people hurt themselves that, mm. that seem to get people's attention. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's bizarre. I think some, someone, like, on the, the BBC website said, like, it was, like, the most viewed video mm. that they had in, I don't know, some, I don't want to say ever, but, like, you know, for a long time, you know, like... Um, but I, I don't know. Like it, it's kind of ironic because I think uh, like that wave could have gone very differently. And you know, like if I like maybe slightly higher line or something, and if I got that barrel of my life and I'd come out, mm. and it could have been the wave of my life, and no one would have ever even watched it, yeah, or seen it. Mm. And then the fact that I fell off, or like you know, like got wiped out, injured, uh, you know, and it sort of it, it makes like um, you know national news, you know. Mm. And, yeah, it's just odd, isn't it? You know, it's just uh, you know that. I don't know, don't know, don't know what to say really. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrew, can you tell us now how your recovery and, and, and rehab is going? And have the doctors have any point said that there was not a possibility you would ever be able to surf again? No. So, so my injury, uh, my recovery is going really well. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Um, just over six months. Mm-hmm. 
um, my 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 sort of um, ability is really good. Uh, uh, it's still stiff and sore and mm-hmm. a bit like a bit achy, but it's you know it's pretty you know it's pretty good to be honest. Um, I'm not like doing uh, any sort of impact stuff, so running and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. trying to limit um, and too much like loading mm-hmm. through my um, through my body, but. Uh, just started like a little surf of the day, like in small waves on a longboard, and you know I'm back to sort of pretty much doing most things training wise. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm super positive. I think like by next season I'll be I'll be like 120 percent ready to go. You know. Oh wow! Awesome. Um, there was no uh, the the fracture was um, stable, mm-hmm. so it was a compression fracture, but stable. So. They, you know, straight away they they sort of they weren't gonna gonna operate because mm-hmm. they want to see how it heals. Um, so I still got to, you know, wait for for probably another um, a scan at okay. another point to sort of see how it has healed. But 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 I had numerous scans and uh, every every month to see because the the thing that I were worried about is the the space where the disc is, mm-hmm. I suppose, in between the, the two vertebrae and whether that was going to get smaller. Mm-hmm. And then if it had got smaller, then I might have to have an operation. Okay. Um, but it seemed to, to hold its um, hold the gap quite well. You know, okay. the disc didn't move too much. So, um, so yeah, it should be fine. And, it, and no one ever, you know, no one ever professionally said that, you know, okay, right, well, you're not going not gonna to be able to, mm. to get... To, you know, get back out again, you know, or surf again, and and I and I never that never even crossed my mind, you know, no. like you know, okay, yeah, yeah, this is it, you know, none of that ever crossed my mind. Well, it's great to hear how how well things are going so far, Andrian. And during this time of rehabilitation, has it been more of a mental or physical challenge for you to to overcome? I think it's been more of a mental thing, really, because mm-hmm. cause the 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 physical things are just like really really basic, um, you know, rehab mm-hmm. um, and. And, but it's you know trying to bring yourself to do that and to to, to be positive and you know you know all those things that really are going to make a difference you know so I think it's been yeah mm. sort of more of a more of a mental thing hmm, interesting but a good thing yeah yeah and six months you've mentioned now have passed uh, uh, since the accident which I'm sure has provided you with some time to reflect on what happened and perhaps reassess uh, your surfing career if that have you thought about the extreme challenges you face in the water that could now not only possibly end your career but also your life and, and the sort of impact that could have on your family has any of that come into your mind at all in these last six months you know i, I don't think um to begin with you know like this is an it's like an accident you know like and although i was extremely lucky mm-hmm. uh, you know i was extremely unlucky as well mm. um you know like i've had friends you know I, i've life got on the beach Croyd beach my local beach mm-hmm. you know for seven years and um you know, I've seen some people break their necks or break their backs in one foot surf. Sure. <laughs> so, so, you know, I think, you know, you can, that can happen anyway, you know. Mm. I, I, again, it's calculated risk, you know, and I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do anything which I, you know, which I perceive to be, mm. you know, like irresponsible or anything like that. Mm. It, it is, you know, I'm a professional, I, I take more than enough safety measures, I have the best safety equipment, I work with the best guys, mm. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that um, I was pretty safety conscious, you know. Mm. And, um, and I, I don't think if you if you went around in life not doing things mm. because you're, you know, worried about anything, you know, like you can get, 
you can have a car accident, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just driving down the road, you know, like you don't go, okay, what am I driving in the car? Like, yeah. um, I think you just can't, you can't do that, you know. You have mm-hmm. to just, just live it to the fullest and, um, and know everything will be all right. Yeah. So now, going forward, Andrew, how will you weigh up the risks that are involved when it comes to big wave surfing? Or do, you, do they just remain yeah. the same as they were before the, the accident? It's the same, you know. Okay. Like, um, yeah. N- you know, nothing's really changed, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like to surf committed and, and um, you know, I want my surfing to be exciting. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's important to me. But, um, you know, there's nothing, no, nothing's changed. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's an accident. It's, you know, I'll get, I'll get better. Mm. Um, you, know, you know, like, I could have broken my back mm. falling down a curb or, mm-hmm. you know, any other way, you know, it's, it's just it's just an unfortunate thing, and and um, yeah, just been been positive on it. Yeah, so true. Now, Andrew, you've mentioned obviously when you hope to get back into the water, surfing the really big waves. But do you feel when that moment comes, you'll be mentally ready? I think I won't know that until I, I get out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I I know I know like I've done it before. Or like I've had injuries before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like a little bit like you nurse it a little bit and then you just get into the into the rhythm into the flow and, and you f- completely forget about it you know mm-hmm. um and so but you, you know I, who knows yeah. you know you know I might, I might get back out there and you know and and want to you know not want to push it and but i'm just going to listen to my body and listen mm-hmm. to my mind and you know and again you know you don't you know not take stupid risks yeah. not you know Mm. Um, and those are the important things. Yeah, just have to wait and see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, Andrew, the why part. Obviously, we've mentioned it's been filmed and it's available for all to see. But it was by no means the first time, as you mentioned, that you've experienced a why part. What sort of what sort of feelings do you experience uh, when it all goes wrong while you are surfing a wave that is uh, 40, 50 feet tall? You know, I suppose the first thing everyone thinks about is. Um, you know, uh, you know how long are you under for? Um, okay. mm-hmm. But that, but that's not really for me. It's always about the impact, um, mm-hmm. about being hit by that wave, and that's you know like it's a lot of pressure and a lot of force that goes is you know is in the ocean, and you know sometimes it's like being hit by a hit by a car or mm-hmm. a truck or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, which is intense. And, and and I've never really ever thought about being underwater for that long because mm-hmm. I, I don't like I almost. Um, almost like surrender, I suppose, <laughs> you know, like, because you can't fight, you can't fight the ocean, you know, like, yeah. you just have to flow with it, and, and you know, you, you, I know that I'll come up when I'm come up, I usually have a safety vest, mm-hmm. so I have a bit of flotation, and if I feel like I'm really deep, I've got uh, an inflatable vest, which I wear mm-hmm. under my wetsuit, so yeah, you know, like, almost, it's almost like every wipeout's like a, I don't know, like, it, it, I just, it's just, I've never had a really bad one, mm-hmm. and even like now, like even that, that that one where I broke my back, you know, like it wasn't really, you know, it hurt mm-hmm. as in uh, the impact hurt, but yeah. I wasn't under for that long, yeah. and I wasn't that, you know, I never worried for my life or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's something that I think you have to either enjoy or um, be really good at mm-hmm. to, to surf big waves, mm-hmm. you know, and to want to push it on because you know it's just part and parcel of of what we do yeah. you know, like if you're not if you're not taking these wipeouts or if you're not doing it maybe you know you're not pushing it hard enough i don't know <laughs> well andrew you you've been surfing for many years now and along this journey you've obviously learned many lessons what is some of the advice that you could perhaps pass on to aspiring big wave surfers aspiring big wave surfers 
I don't know, it's safety in numbers, I suppose. Hmm. It's nice to find friends or like-minded people mm-hmm. um, to push it with. There'll be people that you'll, you'll meet and that, you know, they can help you take it to the next level and then, mm. then you might meet someone else that'll help you take it to the next level. But if you really want to, that, that thing like you know, doing it all by yourself mm. is really tough. Mm. So find, find a good crew of people that want to wanna push it. Yeah. And um, and you'll go further a lot quicker. Yeah. Even though surfing, you're out there all on your own most of the time. Uh, it's, it's it's very much a sport that uh, revolves around camaraderie between uh, other surfers. Yeah, I think so. Um, mm. you know, and, and it's also you know that's, that's important thing about safety. You know, yeah. and it's you know you don't want to be you know a lot of the time when it's big, especially at your local break or whatever. And 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 bear in mind that you know a big wave is different to everyone. Mm. So. You know, for me, it's like maybe like 50 foot, but like to little Jack who lives down the road, it might be two foot, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. it, it's about pushing your own personal thing and your own personal goals. So, yeah. um, you know, when I was growing up, I used to go and surf Croyd when no one was out, you know, and it would be like probably like four to six feet. And mm-hmm. for me, that was like massive. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I was pushing my limits. Yeah. And you have to take those baby steps to, to get to the... Otherwise, if you just go out on the biggest day at Nazare, you know, you'll never want to go back in the sea again. <laughs> you know, like, you, you've, got to, like, you've got to take those, those yeah. little, little step, steps to, to get to get to those biggest days. Yeah, safety in numbers, as uh, you say. Now, finally, Andrew, when you make a full recovery and return to the water to take on the big waves, uh, what are some of the targets you have set for yourself? And is breaking the record for the biggest wave ever surfed still a priority? Um, it's not, like, I think, like, you know, those goals, um, like, you know, like the record, Guinness World Record, or mm-hmm. um, the biggest wave of the year is also another, another mm-hmm. goal, like slightly under the world record. Um, you know, they're they're the at the top of the triangle, you know, but it's nice to get I just wanna get my base you know, it's really I think you I will naturally achieve those if I'm fit, surfing loads, chasing mm. you know, all these things that I wanna do, they all come naturally. Yeah. Um, so and I, I think you can like be so obsessed with that goal that it becomes like maybe unhealthy. Mhm. Um, so it's more important to me now is just like, okay, right, I want to be surfing loads, I want to be, you know, performing like as best as I can, I want to be super fit, um, you know, I want to be surfing every swell and mm. in like three or four different locations where I want to surf and, you know, I think they're, they're the important things to, to hit and then those big goals like, like the world record or like, you know, ride of the year or something like that would, would come come naturally, you know. Mm, no, definitely will. Well, Andrew, taking on the biggest and most dangerous waves in the world is mental, most would say, but just keep doing it because what you're doing is inspiring us uh, with uh, your determination and your will to, to take up that challenge. We wish you all the best for the remainder of your rehabilitation and we cannot wait to see you out there in the water doing what you do best. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us on the Hard as Nails podcast. Thank you very much. Cheers.